Hi everyone, welcome to A Mobile Mentor. Jay Shetty once said, anyone can be your mentor. It's just a matter of learning from someone else's story. So with that, this is a podcast about navigating life on the move, whether it's from England to abroad, teenhood into adulthood, or personal and professional transitions, all wrapped up in the modern world of change. So take what you need, find your own way, and be happy doing it. Hello everyone, welcome back to an episode of The Mobile Mentor. Um, how are you doing? How is everyone feeling? Let's take a moment. <laughs> um, I kind of am sort of offering that question to myself really because I've definitely felt a bit weird and off kilter for the last month or so. Um, touched on it in my last episode called My Hangover Run, It's All Too Much. But I think that was a symptom of just underlying not feeling completely complete almost. And feeling a bit off kilter and feeling a bit directionless and feeling a bit like something's not particularly right um i don't know if you guys get those periods where you're just kind of like in a sense of like hope optimism flow and things are all going right and you're quite excited by life and then to the contrary there's just pockets of time where you feel a bit blur you're quite fatigued a bit like nothing's inspiring you nothing's lighting you up everything just feels like a slog nothing really like gives you that kick and chutzpah and you're just like what is it all like laddering to well, I'm in that latter and it's weird because it doesn't usually happen in summer it's usually very much a winter thing and so I can't chalk it up to SAD seasonal affective disorder um I mean we can obviously appreciate the climate we're in which is like hyper stressful and everything's sort of in disarray <laughs> with all these like big tectonic plates moving um you know on a global scale but I think personally I'm just feeling a bit off and I can't really put everything on the outside world and like the bigger picture possible world war three you know cost of loan crisis etc and still in a pandemic um can't always pin it to that so i'm kind of thinking and i have been thinking and letting myself think and just sit with myself for a period just to kind of access what's going on inside i find if i'm like oversubscribing myself too much or i'm just giving my energy out or i'm constantly in connection and social occasions there's times where i can't really access what i'm thinking inside and I usually have to be very silent and usually have to be quite still and usually have to spend time with myself and my thoughts in a very wholesome way in order to get my sort of like little insights and little like aha moments about what's going on. So I've kind of been doing that for the last couple of weeks and spending more time solo or just kind of recently left London to go down to my parents for a bit and get some headspace from the big city because that can also kind of like populate my mind with too much and overstimulate me so I just basically need to be the opposite of stimulated in order to get some insights and this is where I am and this is the space I'm talking from and um when I'm feeling a bit lost generally just feel a bit low and I can notice myself not being as vibrant and pithy and less funny and less like I want to say yes so I know something's wrong and I have to address it when I'm in that state um so what I do usually when I'm feeling a bit like ah you know I need to get some help I listen to podcasts and listen to people other people that to seek guidance and for me is in the avenue of podcasts and um just kind of hearing from other people's experiences or um looking at people that I really find inspiring or like do things or think outside the box or just sort of like live their life in different ways in order to kind of access what I'm truly feeling because I think sometimes we can be in our own heads and we're like oh I only see the way forward through my reality but often I need other people's opinions and perspectives um, and ways of living in order to spark something in me or to recognize that I'm feeling that way and it's not been labeled before or like oh I didn't think I could you know see things like that or like oh there's a possibility of doing that um, I need to break out of my own convention basically so what I've been doing lately is 
yeah, listen to the pods. And I wanted to share some really ruddy, insightful learnings that I took from the Diary of a CEO, Stephen Bartlett's podcast. And don't get me wrong, I have a tentative relationship with Stephen. I think he's great in many ways, but I think he's quite like forceful and arrogant in some of his approaches and his tone. So I don't always find it that relatable or accessible, but he often has a very inspiring guests on. And one of my favorite happens to be Mo Gaudat. Um, he's an Egyptian entrepreneur. He's a big thinker. He used to be unconventional thinker. And I always relish people who can think differently and can offer new insights into humanity. And kind of that's where I'm at. As someone who thinks big and not small and someone who likes the macro side of things as opposed to the micro and the detail, I always have to kind of access people that, um, or expose myself to people that think in that way, but in new ways that then can get me out of my rut. So I'm going to share from that space here today a few of the learnings I took away from the podcast about happiness and how we can access happiness. And this kind of brings together segments from, you know, when we're kind of out of flow, um, our thoughts, our relationship with our thoughts and how they affect, you know, how we think and our therefore mood and, and state, the conditions for relationships that's in there, how we should live more seasonally and less fixed. Life's about comp- compromise and sacrifice and how you can value time as your most precious resource. Another thing that really, um, stood out to me was how that we live under illusions a lot of the time and I really want to dig into that in this podcast episode because it was fascinating how we're kind of all governed by these illusions and we need to poke at them to kind of find out what we actually believe and also like they really go into the fact that we're all contradictions all of us are walking contradictions and not only did that make me feel seen but it also allowed me just to like release and be like oh you don't have to just like religiously live by one rule and that be your total existence like humans and our world is full of contradictions and it was really nice to to hear how we are so if you're kind of feeling this way if you're into any of those topics or you just really want to know more about happiness in new ways stick around because it's the episode and it definitely helped me flow state and living in flow um mo talked about how his current year is all about just living in a state of flow and he described it as just letting life take him where it should without the planning without this like I'm gonna have this mapped ahead but just at each phase at each month at each sort of point of intuition just letting that guide his time and his and his whereabouts he's currently in the middle of launching a book and doing a book tour and I think that kind of all added up to his mission of increasing this sort of happiness message and how we can access that as humans um and so he's allowing that mission to like sort of guide him around the world I guess and to guide his activities and where he spends his time and um I think he's in his 50s I believe but he was like yeah I just upped and left where I was currently renting my landlord needed the house back and I happened just to get an offer to come to London to do a speaking event and it was decided for him he had that had that sign but he also had that inner sort of inkling that like this feels right to go do to do um he also had a, a you know a couple of other offers about doing things around the world or he could have spent his time planning towards something else but he said I just had this feeling that I needed to be in London to you know promote my book and like speak on the things I've been sort of thinking about and writing about lately so he identified that as like living in the state of flow and I really bloody loved it because I feel like I'm someone who's quite intuitive and I let those signals um drive me often um I find it quite difficult to access access that intuition especially as of late I think I used to be better at it when I was younger or maybe they were just popping up more frequently but I think I'm definitely battling with this idea of like adulthood and responsibility and growing that sense of stability um I'm finding that hard to balance with my more flow state and like wanting to live in this state of flow and especially like how Mo described I heard him describe his life and that phenomenon of living in a state of flow 
um, and it lit me up. I was like, oh, well, that's something. Even hearing that allowed me to recognize that there's something not flowing in my life and I'm feeling quite stuck. I think so I'm quite someone who I'm someone who really likes change and novelty and someone who kind of stays put for too long or does the same thing for too long does make me feel like I'm flattening or I'm becoming gray. Imagine like a gray aura around me. Like if I started yellow when I'm in my most, most vibrant space and I'm, you know, experiencing new things and trying new things and in a state of wonder, then I think the opposite would be grey, where I'm quite stagnant, I'm not inspired, I'm not stimulated, I'm feeling everything's quite samey. So that's kind of where I've arrived, you know, after hearing him articulate his state of flow. And I knew from that point, I was like, now I need to cultivate a sense of flow with life a bit more. Because I know that, you know, if it comes to like 30 years ahead, um, when I'm like a bit older and I look back and I'm like would I be really inspired by Alex who stayed in this kind of constant state of just building and this sort of comfort or would I be more inspired by Alex who lived in this flow state and and kind of um, flowed with what intuition was telling her instead of fighting it just because you know I'm of a certain age and I should be doing certain things so to build on that he said how to identify when flow when you know something isn't quite right or how do you get into flow state as a human because it's quite hard if you're not used to kind of like listening to yourself or you know you're a big planner um how do you know if you're not in flow state the feeling is and I've had this quite a lot but it's nice to hear someone validate it but if you have that feeling that something isn't quite right inside you that is it so it can be it can show up in so many ways it can be like the tiniest little voice in inside you that suddenly rears its head or something could happen and you don't feel quite right um but you kind of push it down but it's like if you have this kind of prolonged feeling that something isn't quite right in your life that's usually when a change is needed or you're not living in flow with yourself in some in some capacity and mo kind of goes on to explain that he thinks how we stack life and I definitely agree with this we stack life in like this intensity packed into our younger years where we work 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 working and it's like everything's about you know um growing wealth in whatever way way that means and like burning yourself out and just being the best and, and like putting all your energy into kind of work mode I guess and then living when you're a bit older and like living when you're in that space where you probably can enjoy it less and you're less mobile or you have less want to go off and do things um so we stack it in this sort of like 30 to 40 year period and then after that when you're in older years it's like enjoy life and it's he he just explains how weird that is and like it is really weird I've always felt that I'm like why is this kind of full-time job you know burn yourself out and like try and work your way up the ladder this norm um and why is that so accepted if you don't do that it feels like you're strange almost because you're like choosing to live your life in a different way but actually you know we can stack our lives however we want to we just haven't yet you know seen as much representation for that yet and he says his ideal state would be 50% like being a modern worker and a modern warrior and 50% being this like state of meditation and being a monk because imagine it's like 50% of your time would just be in reflection mode you know living and being and just existing and listening to yourself and going back to you know humble activities that you like doing for the just pure joy of doing them taking yourself away from sort of like let's say the rat race and you know the place where there's lots of expectations on you and then 50% of the time would be like being out there being in work mode you know like output doing um you know whether it's coaching whether it's being at work whether it's being a manager whether it's like writing a book whether it's like doing all your kind of speeches or going on your like tours you know in in his instance and like being in do mode and this is where this idea of like being and doing came up this this first this kind of theme in this first section he says in order to um kind of access that is like it it does require you to step out the mainstream 
it does require one to think, hang on a minute, how do I curate and stack my life that suits me instead of following this model, which is like, (laughs) I don't know, maybe say 10, 11 months working. And then you have your 25 day holiday in that one month um, to spread around the year um, and then repeat that for 30, 40 years. And then, you know, then you enjoy life. He was like, in order to curate your stack, it's first about stepping out of it and thinking about how you operate and how you want to live your life and stacking your life that way. And it might feel scary and it might feel off the beaten track, but that is kind of a way to kind of get into your state of flow. It doesn't, this one model doesn't always fit all. I think to end on that point, um, a big thing was letting serendipity take over and let it, let yourself ease into this flow. Because if you trust what you feel and what's inside, you're never really going to be wrong it's the fact that we often and we've been trained to go against this idea of like letting flow happen because it's scary because humans like control humans like comfort traditionally we don't really like change that much we like stability we get very attached to things and all these things kind of like you know stop us leaning into flow but if we actually just let serendipity take over we can easily just slip into this flow state and then honor what we want and then create a life around that means you're generally going to be happier and honor what you need at each stage i think this is probably a really good time to talk about how living life in season seems to be this sort of parallel to living in flow um and how we don't live life in seasons is is because we often get too attached to things um we get too comfortable with this idea of safety and security um for example like we we like having things things that are ours around every day so brings up this example of a coffee machine it's like we have this coffee machine that we love at home that we spent loads of money on it's so fancy that makes us this amazing cup of coffee but we don't just like want a coffee we end up wanting our coffee it's like i want that coffee machine to make my coffee but if, you know, the opposite of that would be to be, not be attached to things we have and like, you know, the routines we have, it would be thinking I could get an amazing cup of coffee anywhere in the world from anywhere with um, another machine. And it would just be, you know, either just the same coffee, like a ma- an amazing cup of coffee, or it could be even better. But because we're so attached to things, it's hard for us to lean into this sort of flow state. We are very comfortable with what we build and have and grow and acquire that we don't allow us to like, we don't allow ourselves to live in seasons of our lives and by seasons it's sort of like these periods of our lives where let's say we might want these periods of you know stability and security we might want to cultivate at home we might really crave just having stuff around us that's ours but then there might be a time where we're thinking I actually want to break free or actually want to go and try something else or actually want to try you know being a minimalist and not having stuff at all but it's hard And it's very like off the norm to even kind of consider that because once you've kind of built things, invested in things, become attached to things, it's a lot harder to kind of step away and then do something different. But that is the opposite of living in seasons. That's living in a fixed state and not honoring again, like inside what we want and just thinking we have to kind of stay by that. And, you know, the effort of change becomes more than the fruits that it would bring. Going alongside this theme of security and comfort is this idea that as humans, we really try and simplify life but life is so complicated like humans are so complicated and we're so complex and this idea of attachment makes it easy for us and we want to simplify things down it's like I like this I don't want to change this that mind that mindset and that kind of attitude doesn't allow us to be 
fully ourselves or to live all the sides of ourselves we are so multifaceted but we choose to pick sort of like one path or one one existence and stick to that and then we become attached to it and then eventually that becomes sort of our identity and that's who we are but in fact we've got so many parts of our identity that don't really get expressed or that we can't act on or we don't feel we can act on or we don't know how to act on it and actually living seasonally and means to live all sides of ourselves and to honor what we need at each phase or each season of our lives I think the word season is quite, you know, prominent here and um, apt because the seasons change in nature. We have periods where we're in sort of like survival mode and like hibernation mode and we do different things um, to what we do in, you know, full green mode or full bloom mode and we're out and we're more social. Like nature shifts and we are part of nature, but we often don't sort of fall in line or sync with that. We often keep ourselves fixed to you know that choice you made 10 years ago and and choose that existence i think the main takeaway from this section was it's not bad to to um you know want that period of stability and staying put and to be in a state where you're not changing things all the time that's totally fine i think that comes up for all of us that will come up for every single human being in different phases of our life at different times it would be different for everyone i think the main takeaway is just to honor that there will be things that come up that you will want and you'll need and um, he kind of, Mo highlights that it's okay to want to do them and act on them because to live seasonally means to live fully as yourself and and honour what you want to do at every phase. So on that note, and this these just seem to keep rolling into one another, we're talking about dating and he brings up a great segment on dating um, with the main thought that you get what you advertise. And he kind of, not reduces, but kind of parallels this idea of dating, the experience of dating um, as a, a mathematical equation. And again, it's basically what effort are you putting in to get your results? What are you putting input to get your output? Um, what formula formula are you using to achieve what you want to achieve? So on the idea of you get what you advertise, he's like, if you're in the club every week, you'll meet people there who will see you as a club goer every week. Um, but he was like, if you have a love for tango um, and you know that you you want someone who kind of like, aligned with your lifestyle he was like go to a tango lesson there because your probability of finding a match is 100 percent because you know that everyone there will love tango he's like the problem is people expect to find what they want by not thinking cleverly about how they're using their time or where they're putting themselves for example let's use this triad of what am i thinking what am i feeling what am i doing for example a woman in her 30s who wants a child she's feeling that she wants a child but what is she doing? So she's dating people where she doesn't ask them about kids or doesn't bring up this conversation about kids, but just starts dating people um, and goes in without having that conversation on the off and spends her time doing that. But then what's she thinking? Well, she's thinking, if I tell them I want kids, they might leave and not want to date me. Well, the reality of that is that you don't want to date them because if you want kids and they don't, then you're both wasting your time. Stephen identified that humans seem to have this like backwards process where we kind of falsely advertise what we want. So we like, we want to just date anyone and date, you know, who we like, maybe just by looks or like, because, you know, they're in a similar age bracket to us, but we don't state what we want. (laughs) And eventually we start dating, investing time with them, hoping that we're suddenly going to change who we are and what we want and and hopefully they'll kind of like 
chained with us and for example that idea of kids you know bring that conversation up and suddenly they don't want kids but you've already invested your time it's almost like you falsely advertise yourself at the beginning because you've not claimed or put out what you want and he was like I think the conclusion is here we should all know who we are first in order to advertise what we want and then make sure that our actions ladder back to what we want to achieve so if this woman is perhaps going to clubbing every week and um, is going off just physical attraction only and therefore not stating that she you know she's out for wanting a child with someone and she's spending months or years dating people who don't want children but then down the line having the conversation that she wants children and then they don't want them she's kind of wasted her time wasted his time and it feels heartbroken for it because she was falsely advertising what she was about she was basically suggesting that she didn't want kids but actually the whole time she was because she didn't bring up this this kind of conversation or she didn't kind of advertise herself as like I want to be a mother and I found this so fascinating it's like we go out there with this sort of blanket response to dating but the probability of finding a match by doing that is very slim and it's slimmer but it was like if you go out knowing your product and advertise your product as you are and be in the right spaces and say the things that are true to you probability of finding something you want is going to be a lot greater because you've kind of gone in with more of a pointed sort of approach than that blanket approach so he ends on a really profound quote if you want to find love do what you love so if you want to find someone that matches you go to those places where you'll find the like-minded people and he was like if you into self-development go to a self-development class go to a speaker series you know take up a new course if you love tango go to a tango class because you've got 100 percent then of finding someone like-minded who likes what you like or at least thinks like you and then he ends just know what you stand for and encourages everyone to think really about like what do you want what are you and what do you love and start from there and then that's how we can kind of all know what we're advertising what we're putting out and and be really clear about it to other people when we are in the dating game and this segues on nicely to a thought about relationships um there was a moment where Stephen asked Mo after he'd kind of expressed how he was living and you know how he thought about his life at the moment in flow state are you in a relationship? And Mo paused and said, I am and I am not. Um, he went on to express that we obviously hold this idea of a long committed monogamous relationship in high regard. So when everyone, anyone ever asks that you're in a relationship, the kind of norm is to default to that thinking, steeped in commitment, steeped in um, this sort of like focusing on that as like a main priority, as love and romance, as like the thing that is held above all else. And Mo goes on to say I might be judged for this but he was like I find right now I'm honoring what I need as a as an individual and his mission is to con- continue to kind of spread thinking and his work about happiness and how we can kind of cultivate cultivate that in humanity and he says that is my priority and I think it's hard to hold a long-lasting committed relationship beside that because there will always be times where I'm not able to give the time that a long-lasting relationship needs and what another person needs um at the moment I just have to do what feels right and is guiding me inside again like honoring that intuition so he goes on to say I have these really lovely meaningful short bursts of relationships that shouldn't be discounted in any way compared to long-lasting committed ones but the word relationship doesn't cover usually Um, the breadth of how many types of relationships are out there this kind of norm of relationship that we hold the connotations don't account for same-sex relationships often they don't account for non-monogamous relationships often they don't account for you know short-term flings or you know connections that you meet for a period of time they automatically default to these long-lasted committing you know hetero marriage-like 
partnerships, I think encouraged everyone to think more about what relationships mean and therefore how they can just be as fulfilling um, in your life however you live because I think it can often be hard when you hear someone say you know live in a flow state and go with your intuition to kind of like have a long-lasting relationship with that and he said it's truly possible to do that the problem is the probability of finding someone where you match up in your thinking or where to find someone that supports you and that is super difficult where they also get what they need from the relationship so he says I understand that but the probability of having a long-lasting relationship where I currently am in my phase or season of life is difficult but I know it's entirely possible and I know it requires time if I want to kind of find that match and like go on X number of dates to, to to find that, you know, certain set of characteristics. But I don't have that time. And second to that, it's not my priority at the moment. But he's like, I know in future there'll be a time where I really crave that and I will be able to give into this long lasting model of relationship and this committed relationship. But his general point was to sort of unpack what we hold as the norm in general from relationships to you know how we choose to live our lives and and just to understand that generally life is about compromise and I think he basically said this in so many but not so many words but you can't have it all life does need sacrifice and I think it's just about identifying what's important to you as an individual at every stage of your life so if it's prioritizing a mission like his is getting to one billion people happy and like touching their lives with his his writings and his work then it means that maybe he has, hasn't got the time for a long-term committed relationship um because he prioritizes his freedom and his mission but if love and a long-lasting committed relationship is priority then curate your time to achieving that go on as many dates as possible join those clubs where you want that where you meet the like-minded people like be in spaces where the the type of people you want to attract are there and that is fine but he says often we think we can have it all and we think we can we can't have a relationship if we're living this way and actually you can it's just about how you configure your use of time okay so probably the best section of this podcast i must admit because i found it so fascinating was this idea that we are all living under illusions and so mo goes on to explain that like illusions are anything that we as individuals haven't confidently and competently arrived at that we've not actually identified in ourselves that is a thought that is or belief is directly ours a thought that we haven't investigated or visited and owned it ourselves so for example like tv messaging you know a branded bag a designer bag social media these are all ways and the government's rules these are all kind of ways that we are kind of consuming information that create illusions in what we should be and how we should you know live and and who we are and if we haven't taken a belief that's been spread to us that we've kind of subconsciously or unconsciously absorbed that means we're living under an illusion he was like take that thought and take that belief and investigate it like sit with it and think is this mine have i can i confidently and competently put my heart hand on my chest and say i actually believe that was that a thought or a feeling from another thing that i've adopted which is aka an illusion i can share one of mine that i've kind of lived under for a while but less so these days but this idea that you have to have further education um to get further in life and to get a better job i think that was an illusion that governed my younger days and probably governed a lot of my governed a lot of my peers like when you're at school it's like further education is put on a pedestal and those who don't go to further education are just seen as dropouts or useless or you know aren't valued as much and we know that's not the truth but we know that that was sort of like that was messaging that was around when I was in my high school days taking my GCSEs and we were kind of like looking into the future that's kind of I knew that a lot of my 
doing and choices from that age was because of this messaging I was like I need to go to get far in life I need further education I need all the degrees and I need all the certificates I need all the credentials and that's actually not something I totally believe that was an illusion I had adopted that was a thought that was planted in my mind that I'd adopted as my own and that I've now had to investigate and untangle in my later years to be like that doesn't sit right with me and I don't actually believe that I believe you can go far with whatever skills you have and make something of yourself with the opportunities that are available today no matter who you are yes there'll be you know a sense of privilege um and like a step up for some folks more than others but I do not believe you need further education to get the best jobs at all I believe now we're in a different space and I found this fascinating when he shared his his mose was um my kids are a burden because he was like when he was younger and he had his first kid when he was 25 I believe um he was like I was on this hedonic treadmill like working like 12 hour days endlessly trying to get more in the bank and trying to acquire more wealth for my kids and he was like he was he basically put pressure on himself to work so much and that the kids were the reason reasons for him doing that and he was like they actually didn't want that and they didn't ask me to do that I'd put that pressure on myself and I'd adopted that thought myself they actually just wanted time to play with their dad and they wanted exactly what they had they didn't need any more than they could you know had they didn't need more and it was actually him himself believing his own illusion that had come from the kind of zeitgeist thinking then and he was like my kids are a burden is an illusion I was living under and then he kind of led this all back to this point of how a thought can shape our happiness because it was like a thought is neither good nor bad a thought will just enter our mind it's just how we respond to those thoughts for example my kids are a burden I gave it power I let that thought simmer and grow and it became a belief so I didn't catch it before and he was like sometimes these thoughts that we we get from you know out external sources without investigating them can become so so ingrained in us that we forget the most vicious virus in the world is a thought and if any of you have watched the film you'll know that uh leo's wife in the film got so wedded to this idea that she had to kill herself put herself on the train tracks in order to like free herself from this weird illusion state to like come alive again and like enter reality and she believed that so firmly that it governed her actions it governed everything she did and it led her to committing suicide because actually she was in reality but she firmly believed she did so it can show you that the power of a thought has the propensity to, to penetrate us so deep that we start living unconsciously governed by this thought so he he kind of implored everyone to just take a step back and consider the illusions that we live under and stop thoughts that arrive with us and investigate them and decide if we want to take them on as our own before they get too deep or reject them how do they sit with you and he said in order to do this he'll give us some tools we go back to this triad that i mentioned in the dating section how do we dig out the illusions it's just having a moment of truth with ourselves a moment of truth having that conversation with ourselves compare what we're thinking to how we're feeling to what we're actually doing and if all three are different then we know that we're not living our truth and it goes back to that kind of um, analogy of the, the woman dating if we're feeling that we want a baby but we're dating kind of anyone and not saying that we're, we want a baby and we're thinking that if we tell someone we want a baby um, it will make them run a mile then we're not living in our truth we can't say we actually want you know a baby because the other two aren't laddering it up to our thoughts they're all you know off they're not kind of all anchored in the same thing so he was like if what you're thinking feeling and doing align and they're the same then you have your truth 
But if what you're thinking, feeling and doing are off in any way, you could be living in an illusion or we could be living by, we're living in another space that isn't true to ourselves. And I was just like, mind blown. So every time you kind of get to these this point of whether you're feeling a bit stuck in life or you're totally you're not totally happy or you're feeling a bit like off kilter and you or you're, you're sensing like a change is needed or something isn't quite right he was like just sit with the triad compare what you're thinking to what you're feeling to what you're actually doing and help yourself identify if you're living in your truth it feels a bit irrelevant to do a knowledge bond this week because i feel like all this episode is like quite like insightful and full of knowledge um but I'm gonna do one anyway um again it's from the same source so bear with me but I think this one was particularly profound because it's something that isn't as spoken about and it's also probably like harder to wrap our heads around it's basically um this idea of humans and people embracing the feminine as much as they do the masculine now I'm going to share why this is so important but first I want you to understand this isn't a gender thing it's not um about a woman or a man or like kind of the biology or the the um the sex it's about an approach to life so the feminine approach to life the masculine approach to life so for example the feminine approach to life uh, sort of empathy nurturing reflection intuition in being inward creativity playfulness um being and so on and so forth and the masculine is doing physical strength, action, competitiveness, focus, direction, assertiveness, being very certain and outward. And you can tell they're two different approaches. Um, But the problem is because we live in such a capitalist world um, that's geared towards making dollars, which means um, basically a lot of doing and productivity, it means that if we lean into the masculine more, the masculine approach to life, we generally get more rewarded and um, it will serve us better. Yet, um, Mo argues that if we embrace the feminine more and have like a perfect balance of masculine and feminine, it allows us to take a breath and take a pause and kind of tap into those those slower moments and those those feminine qualities, which allows to then drive the masculine and get into the action and mode because they're kind of like yin and yang and they work together. They're complementary. The problem is for so long, our society has been geared towards masculine, masculine traits and this masculine approach. Do, do, do. Um, innovate and um, competitiveness go forward and you can see sort of like people in leaderships all have these kind of like Taipei personalities and and um, you've heard like kind of horror stories of just everyone being very like cutthroat um, and that's kind of like at the very kind of extreme end of the scale but he invites us all to embrace the feminine because it allows us to access insights and have a bit of patience with ourselves to kind of listen to maybe what's needed a bit more before we kind of like um, charge ahead in doing so for example like technology we've kind of advanced so much in technology ahead of maybe being aware of the repercussions and how much that's kind of like reaping the world of its resources and putting our climate in disarray and that's because we've been in like living in the masculine approach for so long and that's been like the popular dominant force and approach but perhaps if we embrace the feminine more in our process and within the sort of development of like new things we wouldn't be in such a state of disarray one to think about and we can all do this in our daily lives and we can all do this in like who we are so if you kind of reflect on how you approach your life and like if you have those kind of empathetic qualities if you embrace creativity are you quite playful um do you have those inward moments then you probably 
or you're probably already accessing the feminine and I would invite you to kind of like bolster that up a bit but if you don't really ever access that side of yourself you know regardless of your actual gender and your biological sex um, because anyone can have different amounts of feminine and masculine energy um, I would invite you to see if you can balance them or even access the feminine side of yourself like what what kind of activities fall under the feminine that you can kind of relate to or bring into your daily life and balance that out with sort of the masculine energy that that can can rule all of us So I wanted to round up with something quite tangible and some takeaways from this because it's been quite prosaic, this whole episode. Um, But something that Mo shared was, were these three contributors of unhappiness. And number one, in order, lack of self-love. Two, the ego and one's ego. Three, a little voice in our heads. And he really kind of places emphasis on the little voice in our heads, which is, you know, the name of his new book. Um, The little voice in our head is what informs how we move through life and how we feel about a thing and therefore like our mood and our happiness state because he was like thoughts pop into our head all the time day in day out a thought an event for example can be good or bad it's just how we think about that event that can shape our moods um, and it's that predisposition that infects our thoughts so if the little voice in your head is saying that you know that 50 percent glass of water is bad your natural propensity is to think negatively about that glass of water. It's half empty. It's not full enough. But if you just think about the event, it's just a glass of water that's half full. It's not neither good or bad. But if you're pre-positioned, predispositioned to think positively, or your thought will then automatically go to, oh, it's a glass half full, then that naturally shapes your kind of mood into a more of a positive experience. So... Really keep in mind when you're in an unhappiness state or happiness state, the three contributors to that. Lack of self-love, ego, the little voice in your head. The little voice in our head was something that we kind of like explored here quite a lot. And I will end on those three. Um, Along with this quote, he says, time is the rhythm of our lives and thoughts are the lyrics that go on top of it. So if time is our biggest currency how we use our time how we spend our time is basically our life and that's the kind of only thing we truly have um that's our rhythm but our thoughts are what lay on top of our rhythm they're the lyrics and they shape our experience of how we move along the rhythm do you feel better after that did you feel inspired and were those insights helpful I feel like I was just like full of aha moments when I listened to the episode so I really hope that you feel the same after this I want to say thank you for staying put and listening to the end um let me know if you did and hit me up on my um dms on instagram I'm at a underscore blanks that's b-l-a-n-x um and also if you don't follow or subscribe please hit that button wherever you listen I'll be super grateful and see you next time all thank you so much for listening to the mobile mental podcast if you did really enjoy yourself please hit the subscribe button we are available on all podcast platforms and if you want some more nuggets of wisdom follow us on instagram we're at the mobile mentor or one word if you want to send us an email with your thoughts and ideas or suggestions we're at mobile at gmail.com cheers